Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. The only advice I can give you is just to put your head down and look up in a year. Put your head down and work and look up in a year and you'll see how far you can, you can come if you don't worry about the, about the obstacles and the distractions and the things that are, that are put there to make this thing um, harder. And uh, that's what I did with, with you when, when you told me you're not, you're not ready yet. Welcome to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Thank you for coming. Wow. Just so we want to know where we are today. It's this art exhibit, which was created by Jonah Freeman and Justin Lowe, a recreation of the Ratfink Room, which was the original full-time comedy club in New York that featured performers like David Suskind and Ingrid Bergman and Ray Bolger from The Wizard of Oz, Joey Adams, and Jerry Lewis. Amazing, amazing place here. So you got to check it out here. And I really want to thank all of you so much. You guys have been so supportive. And as I always do, I sit across from my guest and I never know what I'm going to say. But as I sit across from Gary Goldman, I talked to him before the show. One of the things that resonated with me was comedy for Gary is like an addiction. Even though an addiction is a connotation that's negative, I think if you really want something bad enough, whatever you want to do in life, it has to be an addiction. You have to rinse, lather, repeat over and over and over again. And I asked Gary before he did his last special on Netflix, which was amazing, by the way, you should check it out, called It's About Time. I asked him, how many times did you go on stage in the year before you did your special? And he told me 35 to 50 times a month. For a normal stand-up comedian, let's say who's working in Los Angeles, maybe they get on stage three to five times a week if they're lucky. So let's just pretend you're a comic who's lucky enough to get up 12 times a month. Gary Goldman, let's say we'll go the low end, 36 times a month. Who's going to be three times better at the end of the year? The guy that goes on 12 times a month or the guy who goes on 36 times a month? I said something to Gary before he came on. I said, when you got through that last hour special, were you sitting in the dressing room thinking, I did it? Or were you thinking to yourself, God, I got to get ready for my next hour special? He said, I want to get ready for my next hour special. And Gary is the kind of person who studies greatness. The movie Rocky is one of my favorite movies. I've seen it five times. And people say, you've seen it five times. Why'd you see it five times? Sitting across from a guy who's seen Rocky (laughs) over a hundred times. A hundred times. Not just because of the story of Rocky, I bet, but the story about a guy, Sylvester Stallone, who worked hard to write a screenplay that he wanted to star in. And everybody in Hollywood said, we don't want you in this picture. 
and he kept saying no, even though they offered him tons of money until he could star in it. And Gary is the kind of guy who always has that attitude and that work ethic. And one of the nicest things he ever did for me, he bought me a ticket to see Aerosmith at the Staples Center. And we were looking at Aerosmith and we were watching this 60, God knows, 65-year-old guy, Steven Tyler, dancing around the stage and giving every song, every possible effort. And when I think back to Aerosmith, I always remember the first song that they did, Dream On. Mm. And I think of that song as an anthem, not just for myself, but for Gary, for a lot of people. And I remember Gary when he first did The Tonight Show. And I remember a joke that he did that to me was so wonderful because as a comic, if you can go on stage and in the first 20 seconds, you can tell the audience what you're about in a lovable, incredibly intelligent way, you're golden. And you said, I'm 26 years old. I live at home with my mother. (laughs) Let me tell you something, everybody. If you're waking up in your bedroom from a child under Star Wars sheets, the force is not with you. (laughs) And so my lesson for today, if there is a lesson, if you can do those kind of things, if you can be nice to people, generous, kind, and your work ethic is harder than everybody else's, and if you can study things that mean something to you over and over and over again to the point where you realize that you can be that kind of person, I can guarantee you, you'll have a shot at the kind of career that Gary Goldman has. And here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You're fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my blueprint for success, a -a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to BarryCats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, Instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Now, people, they see you as a really happy, calm, strong, silent type. Somebody who has confidence, knows where they are, feels good Hmm. about things. Having known you my whole life, I know that you've had really gut-wrenching struggles where people don't understand what you go through behind the scenes to get up every day and to be able to do what you do and do it well. You don't become a great artist unless there's some kind of hole blown through you and you have to fill that hole, as the great acting coach Larry Moss said. So do you feel comfortable sharing some of the stuff you go through and some of the struggles you've had behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suffer um, and continue to suffer from uh, a severe um, uh, depression um, and anxiety. So, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really, really hard a lot of days to, to start my days and, and, and get going and, 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 Right and and sometimes I'm anxious. I I always I always do my shows. I always get on stage. I will say that for myself. I always have the strength to overcome the anxiety and the and the self doubt to to get on stage because um, I just I I always feel like that's the that's the least you can do is is um, 
is get on stage and 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 try uh but my my depression um it it colors every 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 accomplishment and every um every rejection and and things like that so i'm um i always i always a lot of depressive people point to it as as um sort of a, a film over their over their life that that just um that's very gray and 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 it's a cloud and it's and it's uh it's a number of things but it just um it sucks the joy out of things and it and it um and it makes me very um makes me very tired that's the that's the other thing that's that's problematic is that it it um it brings about a lot of a lot of fatigue and and um and also uh ruminations of of regret and, ne and negativity and and things like that and and i mean i can i can fight it a little bit better as the day goes along but in the morning it's it's a um it's a uh it's a battle every every morning to to get out and walk my dogs and feed them and feed myself and and just um and just uh there's no i mean it's 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 good this is the this is the case because um you know very few comedians make enough to retire at at my age but um there are there are days where i'm like i can't keep can keep um coming up with stuff and and continuing to do this it's just it's just too hard but it's like you gotta um you gotta earn a living and i'm just i'm grateful that the the way i earn my living is is something that is um is uh so rewarding in 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 many ways i mean there are still nights where the audience is not there to see me um luckily i've been able to to um cultivate an audience of about 300 people in most cities and then in new york and boston and la it's probably closer to a thousand where i can perform in front of people who have seen me before and get me and and they they give me they're so generous with the, with what they'll allow me to do on on stage i can really be myself but there are there are nights i was uh, you know, in the upper Northwest, where there, there, um, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard time finding a 24-hour bagel shop in the, in the north, Northwest, and and it's just, um, it's a mixed group. People who've seen me before and people who've never seen me before, and to, and you gotta, you gotta perform for, for everybody. So it's, it's, um, it can be very, uh, it can be very. I don't know. It makes me it makes me sad sometimes because I'm 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 like what what uh what point do I have to get to where there's not somebody in the audience who's watching the Washington State college football game during the during the set sitting in the in the front row watching football during my set and and the question is do I do I call him on it or do I just go through my through my show it's like a, in a of all places to set the entitlement that this guy is just like I'm, I'm not only gonna sit in the front row I'm gonna watch TV during this guy's act and never look up from the from the thing and then he had the earbuds in and it, and it was just like it was um, it was uh, it was it was um, ego crushing, but um, you know I, I got through it, and I have shows coming up that will be in front of like in in Chicago and Minneapolis and and San Francisco, where the people will be people who've seen all my stuff, and and so I can do all my new things, and they'll be they'll be happy, and and they'll wait in line to meet me after the show, and it'll be it'll be nice, it'll make up for that. But there's there's still a part that keeps me that keeps me honest on stage, which is which is the um, the comedy clubs. They don't they they don't give you that they don't give you that free pass that that uh, that a lot of the big comedians talk about that you get you get five minutes for being famous when you get on stage and you just don't you don't get that at the at the comedy club when they're not there when they're not all there to see you. Is it safe to say depression goes hand in hand with your success as a stand-up comic when you're on stage? The sadness is lifted. The depression is lifted when you're on stage. You don't think like you think when you wake up in the morning and you can't walk no. the dogs or feed yourself. Right. Could there be that correlation from going up 50 times a month with every time you go on, it takes away the pain? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, th I think definitely it's a, it's definitely a shot in the arm. I mean, there's also those nights where you're you're putting your um, new jokes up there, and and so you're you're putting your your ego and self-esteem on the line, and that's not that's not that safe. But um, there is an exhilaration when that when that stuff works. That's that's uh, that's a um, you know a, a vitamin B12 shot and and it, and it really it really helps it's um it's not the best way to treat depression but it's a um it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty quick fix uh night to night and there are um i mean since this last special i will say that i haven't i haven't been as um as dogged in my in my night to night um performing because i've been i've been on the road like at, the, at this point, like I think eight weekends in a, in a row, and then I get I get back during the week, and I'm just um, I'm pretty pretty tired from flying and 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 jet lag and and everything. So I'm just doing, um, you know, a Sunday and a Tuesday, or a Tuesday and a Thursday, and then and then on um, on Wednesday I always I always keep it open for my my. Um, uh, depression support group that I that I go to uptown. I, I go and and talk with a lot of other depressives about how we feel, and th and that makes me um, know that I'm not not alone in this in this battle. There are a lot of people who have it, you know, a lot worse. So so I mean, uh, along with getting on stage, I think I think it helps to be um, it helps to be grateful. I, I really have um, a, a career that that. Um, is uh, very forgiving of my of my schedule and my time constraints and and I'm very grateful that I've been able to um, excel in something where where there there's a lot of there's a lot of luck involved and is we know plenty of guys who are more talented than me that just couldn't get a couldn't get a, a foothold in the in the business and it's and it's um, and it's sad, and it's and it's frustrating. You wonder, what, what about this guy? Can't can't we bring him along? And it and it's just um, it's just uh, I'm I'm grateful that I was able to to um, put together this this fan base based on um, probably the last comic standing, and then the the specials that I've had on on Netflix. So I, I'm I'm very grateful for that, and try to concentrate on that when I when I um, when it gets really when it gets really low, when it gets really dark. You and I, we've known a lot of people in this business, and we've known a lot of people who suffered from depression, who listened to the stronger voice and took their own life. You suffer just as much as Richard Jenny suffered. You suffer just as much as many of the comedians whose names shall remain anonymous. Obviously, in your life, you've had those thoughts how have you fought past them when others who were brilliantly talented couldn't um i have my mom and i have my my friends so when i when i think about that i think of the you know the devastation i would i would wreak in their lives by um by taking my own and there's also the there's also the the part where where you've gotten so low that you've um, that you've written the note and you um, you have the plan and then something comes along and uh, and you're like man I would have missed out on that so there's um, there's a there's a reason to hold on there's there's something and and I mean it's it's it sounds corny uh, because so many comedians have taken the um, taken the atheism to the stage but I, I still believe in in, in God and, and still believe that there's that he um, is uh, looking out for me and would be um, would be pissed if I didn't see it through to the uh, to the end so there's a um, yeah there's a combination of, of things and um, yeah it gets it gets dark but I've um, I've been able to ward that off and I totally I totally can um, identify with with rich Jenny as to as to what he was feeling when he when he uh, when he did that I totally I totally get that I'm like yeah this this business will make you want to um, make you want to quit everything 
and just um, life in life in general is 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 a slog, and um, and you add to it all the all the. Um, I mean, the sad thing with Rich Jenny is that he was um, he was so revered by the other by the other comedians and so appreciated by the other comedians, but I I, I never got the idea that he really uh, thought much of him himself as a as a person or or comedian i always i always saw him as as being somebody who was very um very hard on himself and 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 very um very standoffish and 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 solitary so that 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 doesn't that doesn't help i i I really feel like my friends and my family are are a, a firewall against against um suicide on a lighter note before we move on Tell our audience the moment you went on stage where your name was announced and it was this massive applause. People all knew you and they were there to see you and they paid to see you. What was the first time that happened and what happened? I, uh, it's, um, I think it was in, in, um, and I, and I could be wrong, but this was a, a, a tremendous example of it. The, the old, um, Arizona improv, the Tempe improv had two levels. And so there was a, there was a balcony and it was coming off of last comic standing and, um, you know, within a couple weeks of being on TV and, um, it was, it was packed. And I just remember the, the people who worked there being like, God, you're like, you're like rock stars here. And, and, um, I mean, the interesting thing is that, uh, the, the, a lot of times you get to the stage and the applauding has stopped before you even take the microphone out of the out of the mic stand and it's like um oh you couldn't have carried me with your with your applause to the to the mic stand so i could take the microphone out of the stand give me a little a little bit of working room and and uh but that night it was like wow yeah i got the mic stand out i got my water set up and then um i probably could have had a sip of water before i even i even started that night from all the from all the applause so that was um, that was cool. The only thing is that they make you think it's never going to end, and that's the that's the not the applause, but the but the uh, level of of um, fame and the and the drawing power, the ticket sales that it's never going to end, and um, and it and it dissipates. The further away you get from your TV credits, the further away you get from from um, from selling selling tickets. Um, in uh, in the early stages, I, I, I feel like now I've built a, a pr- pretty solid fan base that will come out in between the in between the specials. But um, yeah, back then it was um, it was kind of a tease. But uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. That was that was really something. Hey everybody, let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey, everybody, and I wanted to thank some of the sponsors on the podcast, starting with AquaTrue. If you haven't bought this countertop water purification system, you have to do so. It's incredible. It turns tap water into your favorite bottled water instantly. It saves you thousands and thousands of dollars. It gets rid of all those plastic bottles that you have in your trash. Thousands and thousands of listeners have bought these. Everybody loves it. Not one complaint. 
It's incredible. I haven't bought a bottle of water in years since I got this, and you won't either. And if you go right now to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, you'll immediately get a $100 discount. A $100 discount and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had. I guarantee it. Lastly, the air doctor. I don't know what the air inside your house is like, but the air inside my house, it feels heavy at times before I got this product. And now it got rid of all the bad air in my house, the dust, the pet hair, the pollen. It just gets rid of all the contaminants circulating through your home. And for me, when I got this product, it was amazing the difference that I found in the air in my house. And it's normally $600. And you can check Amazon right now and you'll see. But for all of you listening today, I can offer you $300 off. $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com and type in the promo code Barry. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code Barry, and save $300 and get rid of all the bad toxins in your house and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. Six degrees of separation. All right, six degrees of separation. I'm going to name some names. Okay. You tell me what comes to mind. It could be a sentence. It could be a story. It could be one word. Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. Um... He was uh, he was like a, a, a ringmaster in in that he brought all these uh, disparate people to to television at night and but the the only ones I really cared about were the animal acts and the and the stand up comedians I love Joan Embry and uh, and Gary Shandling so those were the um, that's what I wanted to see from from Johnny Carson I I, I liked his monologue. And and the sketches were okay, but what I really wanted him to say is, uh, oh, what a great night for a uh, for a comedian, a Friday night, and then bring on bring on Teddy Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Teddy Bergeron was a Boston comedian. He was one of only six comedians who went to the couch. Johnny Carson had this thing where if he liked you, he would give you the OK symbol, but you would stay where you were. If he didn't like you, you wouldn't get the OK symbol. And if he loved you, which has happened six times in 30 years, yeah. he would call you over to the couch to sit down and talk. I think Stephen Wright, Kevin Meany, the late Kevin Meany, and Teddy Bergeron, three of the six comedians were from Boston. Dane Cook. Dane Cook gave me a career. Um, he introduced me to you, and he brought me on the road when he first started to hit and and um, let me feature for him. So uh, I was living in Los Angeles and just not getting on stage hardly at all. There was a there was a year I got on the Tonight Show more times than I got on at the Laugh Factory. So um, that was uh, when he brought me on the road. That was that was the answer. I got to work on my new jokes and 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 um, I actually made an album by recording the 20 minutes I would do in between his his headlining set so I did I, I recorded four shows and then cut it down to an hour for for my first album which um, is uh, very lucrative on the on the radio by play by getting plays and royalties from from that album I've, I've been able to make a nice living just based on that so so that was um yeah he gave me a career definitely and he's a, and he's a friend yeah don rickles uh don rickles mr warmth himself um <laughs> I can listen to his album every night. Hello, uh, dummy. Hello, dummy. Yeah, it's 28 minutes of just um, uh, bigotry and racism and misogyny and um, anti-Semitism, and it is uh, it is um, gorgeous. He just uh, he he can really he uh, you know you see all these roast battles and everything like that, and it's just it's all an homage to Don Rickles. They're just all doing doing Rickles and um it's it's uh yeah he's the um I I yeah I love him love him 
Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer um, is the uh, future of, of comedy. And um, I, I, I see, you know, her, um, her influence on so many young uh, comedians, not just female, but male comedians as well. Just the influence of being freer and, and, and being more honest on the stage. And, and, um, and she's just, uh, and she's really nice too. She's been a really good friend. She put me on her, on her show and she's just, um, she's just very encouraging and complimentary. And, uh, I really value her, her friendship and, and her, uh, company. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Amy Schumer fan since the one, one of those people you see her right away and you're like, Oh, this person's special. This person's going to be a star. And, and, um, and it has, I mean, when somebody's early on and it, I mean, I probably saw her, she had been doing stand up less than three years. And so her stand up wasn't as strong as, as it is now, but you're like, Oh, this person's going to be huge. Just huge. You can tell, man, you must've been salivating as a manager seeing that. <laughs> well, she was on last comic standing. Oh, right. So I had to sign a 67 page contract. Oh, oh God. You couldn't talk to anybody. The late Mitch Hedberg. Oh, Mitch Hedberg. There's, there's a guy with a great work ethic who, who wrote all the time and just, uh, did new stuff. And I, and I feel his, his influence in my, in my, in my writing and in, in that I like, I love silly stuff like he did. And, um, his, uh, his passing was such a, such a tragedy because I feel like I had, I had, I worked a few more years, I would have worked with him a few more years and I would have gotten to know him and, and, and the, the, the little experience I had in hanging around with him, I, I, I just feel like we could have been very good, very good friends. So I'll, I'll always, I'll always regret that. And I've, I've stayed friends with his, with his wife, Lynn. And, um, I just, uh, I'm, I missed that opportunity and, um, I revere him. Bobcat Goldthwaite. Oh, Bobcat Goldthwaite was so, uh, he's so funny and such a generous guy. And he, he directed my, directed my special and couldn't have been, uh, kinder and, and more innovative and, 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 um, and creative in, in how he did it. So I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very thankful to him. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. There's a, there's a guy who I would watch and just die watching and when he was in movies and on TV and then to become friends with him later on is, is really, um, it's surreal. If you haven't already, I strongly suggest you purchasing Call Me Lucky, which is a documentary oh he did God, yeah. about Barry Crimmins, a comedian who's done industry standards, an amazing documentary. Yeah, that is a great documentary. I loved it. Jay Leno. Jay Leno couldn't have been nicer. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I know, I know a lot of people have, uh, have disparaging remarks to make about Jay Leno, but Jay Leno put me on his show three times and he, uh, talked to my mother when when she visited to see me and she caught one time I called her and he got on the phone with her and he was just um he made going on the tonight show like it was uh like it was your birthday he just really knew how to treat the the comedians and he was very um he was very generous and down to earth and I and I really uh I'll, I'll always I'll always admire him and uh another another great story was that when I was when I was 16 my mom got me tickets to see him perform at the uh the um Beverly Music Tent which is still in existence it's theater in the round and he performed it was myself and my father that went I was 16 and my father was probably uh 62 or however old he was at the at that point i think he was 62 and we both laughed throughout the entire thing people don't realize what a strong strong stand-up jay leno was like as as strong as it ever got and and how his his act still still holds up the stuff that he did on letterman and, and his early tonight show appearance is still still funny he he was um just a monster of a comic dave chappelle um Dave Chappelle, I, um, I've been watching since he was like 17 or 18 years old and, um, I'm just, uh, I'm in awe of how prolific he is. And, and he's one of those guys where the other comedians just, just watch him and are like, why do I even, why do I even bother? Is there really need for anybody else after him? It's like him, Brian Regan and Seinfeld and, and guys like that. It's like, why do I, 
why do I bother Louis? Why do I bother getting on stage after these guys? They've, they've said it all. There's nothing else to say. They've sucked the marrow out of every joke. And, and, and Dave is improvising, uh, most of the stuff and, and doing a different show every night or a tell is the same way. There's just so many guys where you're just like, they don't need me. There's, there's plenty, <laughs> there's plenty of good comedy out there. And, um, but uh, yeah, but Dave Chappelle is as, as good as has ever, ever gotten. And um, I can't believe you let him go. <laughs> <laughs> Dave was one of my first clients. If you don't know, we worked together for eight years and it was some of the greatest times of my life. Genius. We can honestly say that. Genius. Yeah. I haven't said that that once during this during this interview, but I reserved that for for uh, only a handful of guys. And he is a real genius. The late Greg Giraldo. Oh, Greg Giraldo was a, uh, he was another genius. He was just inspiring. I mean, he, um, not only did it he inspired, inspired comedy, but you could also write down his jokes and read them and, and get a laugh because he was such a, uh, he was such a precise writer. He really, he really was, um, was uh, a, an, a craftsman and and technically just so um, his his jokes were were perfect and um, and just really and a nice guy a generous nice kind um, encouraging comedian who just uh, I think everybody everybody loved him and 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 uh, everybody knew, who knew him really really misses him yeah. A man who guest hosted for Letterman and brought you on, David Brenner. Um, David Brenner was the first comic I fell in love with, and he was on the the Tonight Show with with Johnny Carson. That's how I discovered him. But he was also on um, the Merv Griffin Show, which was a daytime talk show, and Dinah Shore, which was a morning talk show. And he was on the Mike Douglas Show, which was an afternoon talk show. So he was on everything, and he always had. Um, jokes that a little kid could could relate to just about the day-to-day -day things and and I think I think he's of all the comedians I I've seen over the years he was the most influential on my act because I'm a, I'm a when it when it all comes down to it I'm an observational comedian and that's um, and that's where I, l I learned it from I learned it from David Brenner and and guys who learned it from David Brenner and there and there were there were a lot I think there were a lot of 70s and 80s disciples of, of David Brenner and and some did it um, obviously, and other, others did it undercover. But but uh, he was a huge influence on so many so many comedians coming up. Chris Rock. Um, Chris Rock. The uh, I don't know if he's the he's the best, but he's the he's the guy who. Um, who you, you have to mention in the in the top four or five uh, comedians of of all time as a stand up and um, he uh, he's got that work ethic that I admire and he's just uh, he's really hard on himself. I remember him just uh, being on stage and having this really funny thing about weddings and him just being like, "Nah, weddings too hacky." Oh, okay. In uh, an area that a number of comedians have made a living off of over the years, making fun of weddings and marriage, and and Chris Rock just uh, eliminate that as a subject as being as being too hacky. I thought that was just uh, that was marvelous. And so, um, yeah, Chris Rock is as is as good as it gets, and he's just uh, he's inspiring because um, he just uh, he just. When he, when he's working on a new on a new hour, which he is now, he's just he's relentless about getting it about getting it right. Sound familiar? Different. Yeah, it sounds a little bit familiar, but <laughs> but um, I don't. Uh, I, I'd I'd like to be able to get the stage time that he does. That's that's one thing that that I um. You can't I, get on at the Laugh Factory. Still? I, I I can't get on at the Laugh Factory, <laughs> and I can't I can't walk on at the clubs and get and get an hour to just work on my work on my shit. I I always I I have more opportunities like that now than I've ever had, but I don't have those those um those opportunities that are that are saved for like three or four guys in the in the business who can just walk on and and go on for an hour. 
I just got a call from Brad Williams. He was in Denver at the Comedy Works. I said, how you doing today? He said, well, I'm taking a night off tonight. I said, what do you mean you're taking a night off? You got the Friday, you're sold out. No, taking a night off. Why are you taking a night off? Amy Schumer called. She's coming in to do her hour, and I'm going to have a great time and watch her and put my feet up. Good for him. That's, uh... Oh, I'd be, I'd be furious. <laughs> I need, I need that hour. I got new jokes, man. I got new jokes. Last one, your mom. Uh, my mom. My mom has had um, probably uh, half a dozen jobs in my in my lifetime, and they all lasted for you know between five and, and ten years each. And everywhere she's she's worked, she's uh, been the. Um, like the glue person, the person that everybody checks in with and, and talks to when they get there, and then they have lunch with her, and then they say goodnight at the end of the day to, to Barb. Her name is Barbara, but everybody calls her, everybody who loves her calls her Barb, and everybody loves her. And, and um, she's just, uh, she's that... Um, She's that wise ass on every 70s sitcom and, and she's got a, a, a line and a joke and she's got, um, she's got stories and she's just, uh, she's just the, one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in my, in my life. And, um, and she, uh, you know, she tells me she struggles all the time with f- fear, doubt, and, and insecurity, but you would never know it the way she interacts with with people. Sound familiar here? <laughs> you would, you would never, you would never know it because she just is the. Uh, always the life of the party and and always um she'll never she'll never throw the party but if she goes to your party you'll be glad that she went she went there she she can't she can't get organized enough to throw the for the party but she's a great party guest your proudest moment in show business uh my proudest moment in show business i would say um i would say making it into the uh into the house on last comic standing when I, when I, uh, became, um, uh, one of the top 10, uh, comedians on that, that season of last comic standing. So that was, that was, um, that was one of my proudest, that was my proudest moment in, in show business when I made it to the, to the final round of last comic standing. Yeah. Your biggest disappointment in show business and how you used it to fuel your career to the next level. Well, I would say one of them was, was, um, this is probably the the best one because it 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 led to a uh, an hour of material. I um I went completely uh completely broke because I um I fell in love with a woman who wanted to buy a farmhouse, um and so I bought her a, a farmhouse and she um she fell out of love with myself and the farmhouse uh about. <laughs> about three months into the into the farmhouse experiment and so i um i sunk all this money into renovating the farmhouse and 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 the barn and and the upstairs and the downstairs and everything like that and then um and so i was i was broke and um and so i mean i didn't do it intentionally but i noticed that everything on my next special which was called in this economy um was was based on uh just uh finances and 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 uh what it was like to be to be living in 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 america right around 2010 was when i wrote most of the stuff i I think i recorded it in, in 2012 but it was mostly written by 2000 by 2010 and it just um it it really it flowed and it and it and it um and it had some stuff about living with a with a with her and just some stuff about um about how difficult it was to to make a living at that time and and it just um it was um so i was able uh, i was able to redeem that that was that was very important because i think i would have had a a, a crushing um episode of depression if i hadn't been able to find some sort of meaning in in all the um in all the pain of losing a girlfriend and then just being alone in the catskills with a with a with a farmhouse that i didn't i didn't I didn't really know how to farm or or uh or any, anything anything like that and i i just um it was um yeah, it it was a low point in my life, but a, a high point in my in my career because I just ca- kept getting funnier and funnier, and I and I, I think that 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 um, 
it's it's no longer on Netflix, but there's an album, and I think it, it, it reflects my my life at that time, which is which is um, hard to do. It's it's hard to have a um, a, a piece of uh, comedy really be honest about about where you are um, in in your life at that time. Last question: What advice would you have for the young person growing up in a small town like Peabody, Massachusetts, working through odd jobs as a barista? and a student teacher and all these crazy things that you did to figure out and hone in on your goal and have the kind of career that you're having? Um, I would say to, uh, to get on stage every night and record your set and listen to it and write it down and, um, and improve it. And, uh, what did you say earlier? Rinse, wash, repeat. Just keep doing that. And uh, and like like they told me years ago, don't worry about managers or agents. I, I gave this advice to um, to a friend of mine, Joe List. He was he came to me, and he said, um, you know, he didn't have a manager, he didn't have an agent. It was a couple of years ago, and um, I said the the only advice I can give you is just to put your head down and look up in a year. Put your head down and work and look up in a year and you'll see how far you can you can come if you don't worry about the about the obstacles and the distractions and the things that are that are put there to make this thing um harder and uh and he opens for Louis at Madison Square Garden like regularly like he sends me pictures of him at Madison Square Garden and I'm like he's he used to open for me and now he's now he's playing Madison Square Garden and he's got this uh this killer career and he's getting married and he's and he's um just uh funnier than ever and I don't even think it took a year I I, I think it was like six to nine months or something like that but that's what I did with with you when when you told me you're not you're not ready yet. I remember you watched a, a video of me that I got from a Chinese food restaurant called the Kowloon in in Saugus, Massachusetts, and it had two shows, and one I killed, and the second one was lukewarm, and you and you watched both of them. You were really I don't know if you're still as diligent as you are, um, but you were diligent, man. You watched both shows, and you were like, now are you the comedian from the first show or the second show? Because you got to be the comedian from the first show, and um, when you can do that every night, come back and see me. And um, and I was like, that son of a bitch, I um, I'm I'm ready now. Um, but then I, I I gave it some honesty, and it was like, all right, I'll put my head down for a year and try to make a better um, first impression the second time around. And um, and that. Uh, yeah, so that that changed my working with you and and Maureen Tarrant, who was at the Barry Katz Entertainment Group, just changed my life entirely. I was living at home with my mom, and within uh, six months, I had my own apartment in Los Angeles. And I was, um, I remember you uh, just um, being like, "Dream." It was so cliche and and everything like that, but it was really touching. You sent me this card, and you're like, "Dreams, they do come true." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You corny son of a bitch!" But really, really, I I, I still have that that note from you because it was um it it uh there's very few very few things change your life dramatically, and that was a dramatic change in my life. I moved three thousand miles away and had um and had cash in my wallet for a change. It was really uh it was really something. So I'll always be grateful to you for that, and I'll always I'll always appreciate that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, when we stopped working together, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking because we were, we were really good, good friends. So, um, I'm, I'm glad we were able to reconnect today and, and, uh, and it, and it feels like we haven't, uh, missed a beat. So thanks for, thanks for having me on. It was an honor working with you and I miss you and I love you. And I think you're one of the most amazing people out there. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who sent me a message, and one of these people will be a lucky winner. And they'll get to attend a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, we'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Why not? 
So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. All right, landing on Max Haha, May 31st, 2019. Heading reads, found a secret, five stars. They wrote, I feel like this is a podcast made especially for me. Stand-up writing, acting, and development. It's a one-stop shop for me. I love his guests and Barry's always positive attitude. I get more from this podcast than some of the classes I've been taking. Keep them coming, Barry, and thank you for doing this. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Max. Haha. You are a winner. And that wraps up our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with AquaTrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code Barry and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to ikilledjfk.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And here's a preview of the next very special episode. Kevin Rooney. When the magic door opens, go in, keep moving forward, and just keep taking work. Any work that any work that that you can take it. Stay in the room, and just keep keep going forward. Keep taking the jobs, and don't get uh, comfortable and lean on the wall. You'll, you'll fall out. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money, drive that fancy car. All the people love you, cause you're going far. Life is for the dreamer. They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley A fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.